Thank you so much, Brother Dave. Um, this is the first time for me to come and actually speak here in uh, at First Alliance Church. I've been here for several different services um, over the years, and uh, Pastor Rick and I are, are good friends, and I just counted a privilege and honor. Thank you for the invitation to come. Before we actually begin with the message, I'd like to talk a little bit about the journey that we're on right now, the journey of seeking the Lord's will with reference to the next senior pastor. Basically, there are four stages in the process. Um, it's very important for us to look back and see where we've been. In the Old Testament, many times the Lord told the Israelites, build this monument, look back, remember what I've done. Remember how I brought you out of Egypt into the promised land. The first phase of what we do with the, the elder board is to look back. Where have we been? It's so important, it's been said, a country who knows not our history is destined to repeat it, to relive it. A church who knows not our history is destined to repeat it. And so we want to spend some time looking backwards and seeing how God has been leading us. The next phase of the journey is actually answering the question, where are we right now? Who are we right now? What are our values? Who are we as a bride of Jesus Christ? It is so critical to know where we are at this point in time. Every day the Holy Spirit meets us where we are. Not where we ought to be, but where we are. I had a pilot's license once, and the more you get to know me, if you get to know me better over the years, you know how scary of a thought that is that I actually have a pilot's license. I raced motorcycles, boats, and, and I'm into speed. And it has nothing to do with drugs or alcohol. It's horsepower and RPM, okay? So just so, my, my flight instructor was a crop duster, and so I learned from the best, okay? So anyway, I remember on my first solo flight, I got lost. Do you realize there's no gas stations on clouds to pull off and say, where am I? Now, as a man, not that I would ever pull off, but I've got to tell you, it was scary. I mean, I'm going along and I'm looking at, and, and finally my training kicked in and I knew how to discover. But literally, I knew where I was. I knew I needed to go to Shreveport, Louisiana. But I didn't know where I was. And until I knew where I was, all that other information was irrelevant. Because you have to know where you are before you can plot your course to where you need to be. Amen? So first we're going to be looking at where have we been? Where are we right now? But then seeking the Lord through fasting and prayer and asking Him, Lord, where do you desire us to be in the future? What is our promised land? What does it look like? What's your will for us in the future? And so we seek the Lord for that. Where have we been? Where are we? Where does the Lord want us to be in the future as His bride? And then finally, Lord, what type of pastor will it take? I need a staple gun to staple this rascal here because I probably move around too much. If you notice, I wiggle all the time. I have ADD. I have seen professionals about my ADD. The last guy that I went and I said, Doc, you've got to get me to stop wiggling so much. 
He said, Jeff, if I get you to stop wiggling, you'll start picking your nose or something. So be happy with the wiggle. It's true. It's true. So the last question is, what type of servant leader will it take to meet us where we are and help lead us into your preferred future? That's the journey that we're on. And that journey cannot be rushed. Every month I come um, with another staff. Uh, Reverend Rob Douglas comes with me and we meet with the elders and we meet for an, uh, an hour and a half, two hours, sometimes longer. And I give them all this homework. Yes. It is so fun to give people homework. They get all of this homework and then literally for hours and hours and hours, they work on this homework of answering the questions, where have we been? Where are we currently? Where does God want us to be? What type of pastor will it take? Just hours and hours and hours that they work on. Then I come back, review their work, and then we meet for another couple hours, give them more work to then move on and move on. And all of this, it takes time seeking the Lord, fasting fasting and seeking the Lord. And at minimum, it's four to six months, maybe sometimes seven months, eight months before we understand this. And then we begin sending resumes. And then that process can take some time. We don't want to fall behind the Lord. We don't want to get ahead of the Lord. Anyone here like getting ahead of the Lord? It's never a good place to be. Amen. So please, patiently, prayerfully pray for our elders. And they don't know this, but right now, if there's any elders here, could you please stand and remain standing? Because I'm going to, have, I'm going to pray for you here in a minute. Any elders that are here? And, and pastor. Okay, we got, there were, there were some, just so you know, there were elders in first service too. Okay, amen. They were here. No one's skipping out. No one's playing hooky. So they were here. But what I would like us to do, these men carry a phenomenal burden. They were chosen for such a time as this to lead and guide us on this journey of transition. Amen. And they're targeted by the enemy. The enemy wants to harm them. The enemy wants to rob, kill, and destroy. And dear brothers and sisters, would you covenant kind of with me and pray for these men every day? Because they they need God's divine enabling for the task that is before them. Amen? Would you please stand together with me? And they're all kind of over here, I believe. And let's just all raise our hands toward them as though we're literally laying hands on them spiritually. And let's pray over these dear brothers. Father in heaven, these are your chosen servants. You chose them for such a time as this, for this journey of transition. We lift them before your throne of grace. We ask that you would divinely empower them for the task that is before them. For we know that this task is impossible in human terms. But we praise, praise you, Father, that you spoke to the apostle and said, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Jesus, you said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if a man remain in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit, much fruit to the Father's glory. Lord, we just ask that you would bless these men in their families with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Literally, grace them with your grace. Give them every gift, every talent, everything that is necessary 
for this task to lead us through this journey of transition to the place where we can finally receive your chosen servant to be the lead pastor in this bride. Father, bless them in that way. And Lord, I ask that every person that is standing and and praying along with in this prayer, bless them as well. Bless your bride here in this place. Literally, may your kingdom come and may your will be done for your glory and your honor. And all God's children said, Amen. Please be seated. As we think of today being Palm Sunday, what a glorious, glorious day. Can you just imagine what was happening long ago there in Jerusalem? We, the, the disciples already saw the miracle of the donkey and how the people just let him go. Can you imagine, you know, today someone comes up and say, you know, I need to borrow your Lincoln. Right. So here he is. He says the Lord has need of him. He goes, gets in there, takes takes a donkey and is going down. And all these people come, all these people come and they just start singing and praising and glorifying the Lord. What an awesome, awesome experience. Don't you wish that you were there? Wouldn't that have been just amazing? You know, sometimes I have the faulty assumption that if I were there back then, I would have been there. What about you? You know, there were thousands of people there. The vast majority never knew. Most people totally missed it. In fact, the main people who missed it were people like us, the religious people of the day. Amen? In the midst of all this praise and glory, in the midst of all this wonder and goodness, Jesus makes, Jesus almost weeps. If you, even you, had known. But now your eyes are going to be closed. They missed it. They missed it. How could they have missed it? It seems like that's impossible. I'm certain if I were there, I wouldn't have missed it. Amen? Be careful about your amens this morning. See, I wonder. See, I wonder. Because you see, this was only the beginning of the week. And we know that that horrible event, the crucifixion, the trial, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the most horrible event of all time, led into the greatest event, in all of history, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Friday's here, but Sunday's a coming. You see, I believe that this passage is so appropriate to all of us today because the reality is every day is a Palm Sunday because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Every day is a Palm Sunday. Every day is Palm Sunday. Every day is Palm Sunday. If you, even you, had known that every day was a Palm Sunday. Hmm. I wonder. 
You see, we know he was he he went on that trail and went into the temple. But who, who and where is the temple today? In us. Amen. First Corinthians six tells us. Do you not know that you have been bought with a price? Therefore, honor God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I know that's up there in, in NIV. I, I learned it in King James. So don't be confused. I have that ability. You know, I have the gift of confusion at times. So just just bear with me. You see, Jesus wants to dwell in his temple. Every day is Palm Sunday. Every day, not just this Sunday, every single day is Palm Sunday because Jesus died on the cross, He rose from the dead, and now the Holy Spirit has been given unto us. Every single one of us, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And He wants to indwell. He wants to come into His temple every day. Because every day should be a Palm Sunday. Every day should be a day of rejoicing and celebrating. Because the King is risen. Amen? But I wonder, is that what happens? How can we make every day a Palm Sunday? How can we do that? I felt led of the Lord to share a passage from the Apostle Paul. I think the Apostle Paul was so filled with the Holy Spirit, had Jesus Christ ruling and dwelling within him to such a degree that every day was a Palm Sunday for the Apostle Paul. And I think in Philippians chapter 3, we can see Paul's desires and how they can, if we have those same desires, every day can be a Palm Sunday for us as well. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Now, I cheated. I have it already open to that point. Remember those sword drills when we were growing up? Didn't you hate that when those... Those ladies whooped us bad at finding the passages so fast. Anyone else remember that? Boy, I remember it. Okay, Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. Now, here's Paul's desires, his strong desires. This is written in a way that we know he is longing for these things. I want, I desire to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In this passage, we see Paul's desires, his powerful desires that he had. And I believe it's these desires that enabled him to celebrate every day as a Palm Sunday. Now, let's look at them one at a time. There's four of them. The first one is, I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to know Christ. On the surface, everyone here, is there anyone here that does not know Jesus Christ? I didn't think so. There may be someone, though. But if you're not here today, Jesus Christ wants to know you in an intimate way. And that can happen today. But Jesus wants 
to know us and us to know Him in more than just an intellectual way. Let me illustrate that. Who here could call up the president, President Obama, and say, "Um, Mr. Obama, could we have lunch on Tuesday morning? Is anyone here able to do that? There was a guy in first service that said he could. (laughs) Now, I think we all know about President Obama, but do any of us really know him? Do any of us have an intimate relationship with him, a deep abiding friendship with him? No, we don't. That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. Not just an intellectual knowledge. He's talking about a deep, deep intimacy. In fact, the word that's used here through the Holy Spirit is actually the same word that is used of the story of the birth of Jesus. And Joseph knew not Mary until she brought forth her firstborn son. And Joseph, did Joseph know Mary? Yeah, he knew Mary. And Joseph did not know Mary intimately until she brought forth her firstborn son. The Apostle Paul uses the same basic word. I want to know Jesus. It is not just an intellectual ascent. It's not just knowing about someone. It is a deep abiding intimacy with Jesus Christ. Do you have that deep abiding intimacy with Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Did you just long to come into his presence? Did you just can't wait to spend time with him every day? How many here dated your mate for a little while? Anyone here date? Is dating normal up in here, Erie? Do youngs date up this way? Lynette and I dated. Now, we grew up in, we had a different type of, of um, relationship. Her dad came and pastored my home church. And we dated junior high, high school, and college. It took me seven years for her to say yes. And that was the first time that I ever kissed a girl. She's the only girl I've ever kissed. My wife is right there. Um, Everyone say, hi, Lynette. Now, she's going to hit me for this afterward. Raise your hand, honey. There she is. She's the only girl I've ever kissed. I've only ever kissed one girl who was seven years in when I proposed to her down at Henderson Falls in Tacoa Falls, Georgia. And a year later, we, we got married. Now, I say all of that to say this. I knew Lynette as we were dating. And my dad used to bug me some. My dad would have to get on my case. Now, none of you other guys ever had dads get on your case, right? My dad would just get on my case and he'd say, Now, Jeff, I want you to get on that phone and you talk to that girl for at least 20 minutes. Do you hear me now? Get on that phone and you talk to her for at least 20 minutes today. How many believe that one? Son, would you get off of that phone? You, what, what, in, what in the world do you have to even talk about? You've been on there for two hours. You're tying up the line. Would you get off of that phone? How many believe that one? We have a son. Oh, I, I didn't mean to say that. Anyway, we have a son. He can text 5,000 messages in a month. See, when you're in love, When there's an intimate relationship, you spend time. You desire to spend time. 
you want to spend time. Does anyone have a guesstimate how much time the average Christian spends in prayer? Three or four different surveys, 10 minutes. That is an exaggeration. The average Christian, multiple different polls over the last 10, 15 years, I've seen many of them. The average Christian prays a little bit over two minutes a day. Ouch. Now, I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm a pastor. I am so... This is my proud look, okay? You got that? We have Yun's beat because we pray twice as much as you do. Less than five minutes a day. To our shame. Do we have intimacy with Jesus? If I had a meat thermometer, you know what I'm talking about? Those meat thermometers? If I had a meat thermometer and I had one, now it's okay, I don't have one, but if I had one and I just (laughs) right into his heart to look at his passion for Jesus, his intimacy for Jesus, would that puppy, for each one of us here, would that puppy be on empty or would it be all the way over here on fire, burning, stronger than ever? Which would it be for each one of us? Would we be running on empty? Would we be able to say, I want to know intimacy with Jesus? Would we be running on empty? Would we kind of be here like in the book of Revelation? It says the church is lukewarm. You've lost your first love. Or would we be on fire? More passionate than ever before. The Apostle Paul was able to say with all of his heart, I want to know more. I want to know more of you. Not that I've already arrived, but one thing I do, I press on. I press on. My brothers and sisters, the intensity of our desire for Jesus, where is it this morning? Is it running low? Is it halfway? Or are you on full tilt? If we're running on empty, let's be honest. Is every day a Palm Sunday for us? Or is every day more just another every day? The next thing Paul says, I want to experience the power of his resurrection. The power of His resurrection. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross so that we would live mediocre, average lives. He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be My witnesses. Everywhere in the New Testament after the Holy Spirit came, we see miraculous power. Power for witness. Power for godliness. Power for a victorious life. It's just everywhere. Do we see power in our lives, in my life, in our lives? That was Paul's next desire. I want the power of his resurrection. What power do we see in our lives? 
Anyone here heard, heard of Jerry Clower? One guy. All right. Okay, a couple others. I love one of the Jerry Clower stories. He's a comedian, Christian comedian. I think he's with the Lord now. He tells the story of the Ledbetter family. These guys down in Mississippi and Arkansas and these places, and they're kind of kind of hicky. And so he just tells all these stories about them. And, and one of them is, I think it was you, Dell. It's a dry summer and no one's catching any fish except you, Dell. You, Dell, is catching all these fish and no one knows why. And the Fish Commission wanted to know why. Anyone, anyone here know who the Fish Commission is? I know. I've gone fishing at Lake Erie before. I've had some wonderful encounters with the Fish Commission while steelheading. All of them very wonderful. So the Fish Commission said, you know, I want to know what's going on. He said, well, come on with me. Just I'll meet you back at eight o'clock and we'll go out there and we'll fish. So eight o'clock came. Fish Commission got in the boat, put it out to the middle of the lake. Old you know, he got up off his seat, lift out a stick of dynamite, lit it to her. Kaboom! And all these fish are coming up and he's netting them, bringing them in. And the Fish Commissioner, I can't believe I am going to, I'm going to put you in jail. I'm going to throw away the key. I can't believe it. Oh, you dealt sitting there as cool as a cucumber. He lifts up off the seat again. He takes a stick of dynamite out. He, let, he lights it. He lets it burn down a little bit. He tosses it to the fish commissioner and says, you going to sit there, John, or you going to fish too? Now, some of you are wondering, what in the world does this have to do with anything? But you shall receive power. You shall receive dynamite. The word there in Acts is where we get the English word dynamite. But you will receive dynamite. You will receive the dynamite, the dynamo of the Holy Spirit in your life. You'll receive a power. You'll receive an authority. All authority in heaven and earth is being given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples. And lo, I'm with you always. Not only do we have power, not only do we have the authority, we have Jesus with us, in us, to do it. Amen. But is it happening? Or is every day just another day? And then, and then he goes on to something that we really have a difficult time with. He says, I want to experience, I want to experience the fellowship of his sufferings. Can you believe that? Experience the fellowship of your sufferings. I believe we as a church in the United States... We are wimps. We've gotten wimpy. How many times will we say, Lord, I'll do anything but. Lord, I'll do anything but not that. Lord, anything but suffering. Anything. Now, I've grown up in the church all my life. My mom, I I just, I am 50, I just turned 51. I am 51 in nine months. Have I been in the Alliance Church? Does everyone get that? 51 years and nine months I've been in the Alliance Church. My mom only had two rules when it came to church and the church doors being open. Only two rules. I was either in church or in the local hospital and she'd make either one a reality. (laughs) I see you had moms like that too. Now that's a fact. 
But now let me tell you. So for 51 years and nine months, I've heard messages. Now, if your pastor has preached a message like this, listen to your pastor and ignore me. Okay? But I don't know how many times over the years I've heard this. Whatever you do, whatever you do, my beloveds, whatever you do, do not pray for patience. Because if you pray for patience, you have no idea what will happen. Whatever you do, my beloved, do not pray for patience. That's not what I hear Paul saying. I want to experience the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. My dear brothers and sisters, there are some things that we cannot learn apart from sufferings. Early on, as I was preparing for ministry, I was a diesel mechanic. Any other brother grease monkeys here? Amen. All right. There's a couple. There weren't any in first service or none that would admit being a grease monkey. I'm a grease monkey. Teamsters 311. I worked my way through college and seminary as as a grease monkey. Well, I had a job working for uh, a Detroit dealership. We overhauled Detroit engines and Allison transmissions. And I grew up in the Baltimore area. I was attending Washington Bible College and working full time as a diesel mechanic. And one summer... I transferred into a new shop and there was a foreman there. His nickname was Snowball. And he knew that I was preparing for ministry, going to school full time, working full time. Sleep less, run longer. That was the motto back those days. Um, And he just started giving me all these raunchy jobs. I mean, it was just terrible. We we had the contract for, for all Detroit's and Allison transmissions on garbage trucks for all of D.C. whenever they broke down. Now, I'm talking 105 degrees, 99% humidity. You park the garbage truck full in the shop over the weekend, Monday morning. Guess who gets to work on it? I'm telling you, that thing was alive. There was stuff moving in there. Now, every time something like that happened, guess who got to work on it? Snowball just assigned it to me. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. He used to put stuff in my toolbox and porn and all this stuff. I mean, he just did all kinds of things. Finally, one day, he pulled a switchblade. Now, at that time, I was actually in shape. I was benching about 300, you know. I don't know what I am now, but, you know, something happened called old age. But at that point in time, you know, he pulled a switchblade. So what? What what are you going to do with that? You know, and I'm just, you know, that doesn't mean a thing to me. Because he grew up on the streets of D.C. And I didn't know what was going on, but he pulled the switchblade. The vice president of the whole company came in. His name was Brownie, and we were friends. He saw it. He fired him instantly. Just fired him right there. I went on to do the work I was doing, and someone told me, did you hear what happened? That snowball just got canned. Canned for what? And he said, pulling that switchblade on you. you got to be kidding. No, no, no. It, it all happened. So I marched up into Brownie's office. He was just visiting. He was in, in that uh, VP's office. And I said, Brownie, you just can't do that. He was just fooling around. Look, I tell you, he said, we have a zero tolerance. I said, look, he was teasing me. He's been teasing me for a while. I don't know why he is, but he's just been teasing me. If you fire him, I will walk. And, you know, Brownie, I'll do anything you ask me to do. You know, I don't know everything, but I will do my best. I work my hardest for you here. If you fire him, I walk. 
He said, you're serious, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. So I tell you what, I have to do something. I'll give him like three days off with no pay. So it sounds good. When Brownie, when, when Snowball came back, he came right up to me. And, and here's, a, here's what I remember him saying. You're the real deal, aren't you? You see, we had another foreman that claimed to be a believer. And five minutes after witnessing to you, he, he'd swear you out, cuss you out. It was unbelievable. It was terrible. They despised him. The guys in the shop hated him. And Snowball said, you're the real deal, aren't you? I said something to the fact, it's Jesus, not me. It's Jesus. And then almost with tears in the eyes, in his eyes, he said, my mom is dying of cancer in the hospital. Will you go see her? And I said, let's go tonight. And I was able to witness to Snowball. Now, you may say that was nothing. I've not experienced real persecution. I don't believe I have. We've got brothers and sisters laying their lives down around the world. But in our context, in your life, are you withholding something back? Are you saying, Lord, I'll do anything, but, but don't, don't touch my health. Lord, I'll do anything, but don't touch my family. I'll do anything, Lord, but, but give me good health in, in old age. Lord, I'll, I'll do anything but. Or are we willing to say, Lord, at whatever cost, no matter what the price, form Christ in me? Because I fear that if we don't do that, every day is just going to be another every day rather than every day being a Palm Sunday. So he said, I want to know Christ. I want an intimacy with Christ. I want to have the power of the resurrection. I want to partake in the fellowship of his sufferings. And then he says, I want to be like him in his death. In his death. You see, we're to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. But I fear that we, we talk about it, but do we really live it moment by moment by moment? Now, don't raise your hands. Do not raise your hands. Do not raise your hands. Everyone here that has daily devotions every day, I wonder how many hands would actually raise up. Daily devotions every day. Yet I would venture to say, and I believe with all my heart, that even having daily devotions every day is not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. A true story from my life. It was a Thursday morning. I was at home. I was having my devotions. And it was one of those times where, where, where the Lord just, His manifest presence came down upon me. You ever had that once in a while? You know what I'm talking about? You get God bumps. Other people call them goose bumps. But when you're having your devotions and the Holy Spirit comes, they're God bumps. You know what I'm talking about? It was one of those mornings and I was just in His presence and it was just unbelievable. It was just overwhelming. His very presence. I got in my car, drove out to the end of the road, turned on the Route 30. Route 30 is a four-lane highway. Someone was in the fast lane. I was in the slow lane. I pulled out. They came into the slow lane, ran me off the road, almost into a telephone pole. And I had these thoughts. (laughs) Idiot. Stupid. Monkey Ward's driver. 
Anyone know what monkey wards, wards, Montgomery wards, where I come from, there were wards. And you could go and get your driver's license there. And we call those folks monkey wards drivers. So I'm sitting there in my car. Now, five minutes before, I was in the presence of the Lord. I had my armor on. I had claimed the filling of the Holy Spirit. I had claimed death to self. Five minutes later, all it took was someone driving on the road to run me off the road. And then this voice came. I'm not taking credit for that. That wasn't me. Just a whisper. I'm not taking credit for that. That wasn't me. So I'm already sitting there. So while I'm sitting there, right in front of the telephone pole, I start praying and ask forgiveness for those thoughts. I prayed protection over that driver because they needed it. (laughs) Running a child of God off the road like that, they need protection. (laughs) Who knows how angry my dad is going to be with them. And I reclaimed the filling of the Holy Spirit and asked him to crucify self and asked the, the Holy Spirit to rule and reign within me. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I live, but Christ liveth in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, loved me and gave himself up for me. I claim that. Oh, now I'm ready. I back up. I get back out on the road and I drive to the church and I'm in my office. And it's two hours, 39 minutes and 13 seconds later. I'm being facetious. I don't know what time it was, but it was that morning. I got a telephone call from a sweet individual in the church that for half an hour chewed me up one side and down the other about the flowers in the front of the sanctuary. Oh, these are beautiful flowers, by the way. I love them. Whoever did them, thank you. They're beautiful. For half an hour, re- and in my and I was kind. I was. I promise. I was kind. I was nice. You know, I prayed with the person, and all along I'm thinking, would you get a life? What is wrong with you? Now you got to remember. Grease monkey, diesel mechanic. Okay, cut me some grace, okay? So I hang up the phone after praying for this person. And, and then here it comes again. This whisper. I'm not taking credit for that. That wasn't me. Can you believe that? The whisper came again. I'm not taking credit for that. That wasn't me. Ask forgiveness again. If you being evil know how to give, give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give to you the Holy Spirit when you ask? I ask for a new filling of the Holy Spirit. I ask Him to come. I claim Galatians 2.20. I put my armor on, the helmet hope of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, my belt of truth, my feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace, the shield of faith with which to quench the fire heirs of the evil one, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I say it that fast so I don't forget it. If I slow down, I might get messed up. And I have ADD, by the way, in case you didn't know. (laughs) So here I am again. And later that afternoon, I heard another whisper. That's not me. I'm not taking credit for that. 
You see, I don't even know how it happens. I don't know how it happens. I think I'm a little bit normal. I know I'm not normal, okay? My wife is here. She can confirm that for you. But I think that you may be a lot like I am. Starting the day off is good, but it's not enough. It's got to be an ongoing. It's got to be a continual. It's got to be a walking in death to self. That when self rears its head back up, we acknowledge it, we listen, we hear the Holy Spirit, we confess it, we forsake it, and then we claim what is ours and we start again. Now, you might be thinking, this guy is, he is a sinner. My election is this year, so come to district conference and pray no and and vote no so I can go back into a local church, okay? But I have a sneaky suspicion that we're all here. And what Paul's desire was, he was asking for more and more and more. Because until we're there, every day is just another every day. But what Jesus wants, what he wants for us is for every day to be a Palm Sunday. A day of rejoicing, a day of celebrating, a day of walking in intimacy with him. If you, even you, had seen, had known, had realized, Do you see, we're not very different from them back there. We look back at the New Testament. Oh, I'd have been there. I'd have been there. I'd have been there. Now, be honest. How many of you are thinking, I'd have been there? Man, I'd have been there. Go, Jesus, go. brothers and sisters we're the religious people that missed it if you even you if you'd have seen if you'd have heard you could have been there the poet if we can go to the poet next slide next one oh here's one other story to help understand. It's all my fault. It's, it's not up there. It's down here. One, one, one service just before I was preaching, because I have my pilot's license, and um, one of the guys came up. Oh, PJ, PJ, Pastor Jeff, PJ, PJ. You'll, you'll never guess what happened. You'll never guess. I went to the Christian bookstore, and there were two cars side by side. On the first car was this bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot. And I used to be affiliated with, with a flying organization. That was their motto, God is my co-pilot. He said, PJ, on the very next car, the bumper sticker said, if God is your co-pilot, change seats. You see, Jesus didn't die on the cross and raise from the dead and give us this power in his indwelling spirit and himself to be a co-pilot. He used to be the pilot. In order for us to not just live every day as another day, Jesus needs to be the pilot. And when Jesus is the pilot, 
Every day is a Palm Sunday. Next slide. Earth crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Isn't that so true? Even as we look over last week, were we taking our shoes off? Were we experiencing every day as Palm Sunday? Or were we just picking blackberries? Next slide. Thank you. For years and years and years, as I would lead people to the Lord and share the gospel with them, I would usually use the Romans Road or the four spiritual laws. And in it, we would always come to Revelation. Now I know it in King James. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. And then I realized, who's he talking to in Revelation 3? He's talking to us. He's not talking to lost people. He's talking to us. If you, only you, would have seen, would have known, would have recognized. My dear brothers and sisters, it's true right now. Behold, Jesus is saying, I stand at the door and knock. Every day he is. I believe the Apostle Paul was able to live a Palm Sunday every day. Because he had a desire to be more and more intimate with Jesus. He had a desire for the power of Jesus to flow through his life. He had a desire to participate in the fellowship of his sufferings at whatever cost formed Christ in me. And he had a growing desire to walk in death to self and new life in Jesus. So that every day was a Palm Sunday. Every day was a day of deeper intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, we have a choice. Jesus is knocking. He wants every day to be a victorious day. Or every day can just be another day. We've all received one of these as a keepsake. Can we take this and place it somewhere in a significant place that we look at every day as a reminder that every day can be a Palm Sunday. Every day can be a Palm Sunday. A day of intimacy with Jesus. Paul had four points. I want to know Christ. Maybe there's some here that we just need to say, Lord, I'm kind of here. I want more of you. I need my passion to be renewed. There may be some here that, oh, I love the Lord, but my life lacks power. I don't have victory over sin. I don't have power to be a witness. Lord, I lack power. Or it could be that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you and you know that you're holding off. You're saying, Lord, anything but, anything but, anything but. Or you could be here and you realize that you need to change seat. I'm not sure what it might be. 
But if the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart, please simply obey Him and say yes to whatever He has said. You can do that in your seat. Or as we have our closing song, you can come down and kneel at the front at these steps that can be an altar or in the front pew. But my brothers and sisters, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today, please do not harden your hearts. Don't be like those in Jerusalem that missed out that day. If you, only you, had heard and opened your heart. Let's seek Him together.